Conversations have become less about listening and more about talking, and now it's time for change through conversation. Welcome to the Garbled Podcast. What's going on, folks? We're coming to you live from Nerdtino 2018. And we are very excited about it, obviously, by that. Very, very excited about it. Uh, This is a game changer, folks. This is a goddamn game changer. Okay, that was a bold statement. You're good for your bold statement. (laughs) And I'm looking around at Nerdtino. It's just kicking off. And it's packed, man. Yeah, it is. It is. you got people walking around and whatnot, and they're buying things. And do you, that dude over there wrote fucking Deadpool. Did you know that? Yeah. That, yeah, he yeah. created I Deadpool. I, I'm, I'm, you know, hesitating going over. I'm gonna get over it uh, and, and go say hi. Yeah, we're get over your fear okay. and just go and talk to him. Yes. Engage him in a conversation. That's what we do here. You're right. Folks. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. All right, so uh, can I just say also best DJ con? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the DJ, the music is really tight. Um, what else? What, what, what else do we want to say? So we're gonna be doing. Uh, what are we gonna be doing here? We're doing nerd fight. We're definitely doing nerd fight. That's that de- we've already started nerd fight actually. Yes. Uh, technically. And uh, we're grabbing people in cosplay because there are quite a few. There are people in cosplay, including us. Uh, Nick, what, what, what's your cosplay? So I'm. Uh, it's hard to tell, but I'm John Constantine. No, it's not hard to tell because <laughs> so, you put the jacket on, and somebody was like, "Oh, it's Constantine." That's true. I did get a yeah. high five out of that. One. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm here uh, cosplaying as Lobo. If he were played by a Hispanic, which he should be played by a Hispanic. So Jason Momoa as... No, no, no. Jason Momoa is Hawaiian. Get it right. Um, You're right. I'm thinking, like, uh, who's the guy from Desperado that throws the knives? Oh, uh... Uh, Danny uh, Trejo. Yeah, Yeah, Danny Trejo or... uh, Oh, my God. That would actually be really fun. Danny Trejo or... I don't know, but, like, Lobo to me, in my mind... With all that machismo yeah. and that, yeah, he's definitely so, Hispanic. Can he, can he be an older actor? Yeah, he, like a Edward James almost as Lobo. I I wouldn't go yes. that far. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. The booth next to us agrees with that. <laughs> all right. Like, like like imagine from Stand and Deliver, like that kind of Lobo. Yeah. How can I reach these? Uh, what is he? What is he saying? Then you're gonna have to get closer to the yeah, mic, Tony. Yeah, it's it, it's very much like a. Oh, you crazy Yeezy Fay. How can I reach these Yeezy Fay? Like, he's just saying, how can I reach these bitches over and over again? <laughs> like, could you imagine that, though? Like, imagine Stand and Deliver style Lobo. Stand and Deliver Lobo. Space Lobo. So he's just like, y'all don't want to... Like, I want to teach you bastards about... I want to teach you about what it is to be... I don't know. <laughs> we know he can be cantankerous. You saw BSG, the, I mean, Battlestar Galactica for the remake. Yes. Yeah. He can do it. Yeah. Oh, God. That was uh, Edward James almost at his finest. Exactly. So just imagine that anger added to Lobo. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with that. All right. So All right. We're going to get to walk around. Uh, we're going to walk around. We're going to meet people. We're going to do a couple of interviews. There's a couple of big name cosplayers that are here. Okay. I say big name cosplayers because. Your big names. Your big names, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. we'll go, we'll talk with them, and uh, we'll be back. Yeah, all right. All right, so here's what I'm going to try to do. Oh, God. I'm going to stay in goddamn character this entire time. All right. So well. if I break, punch me in the face or something, I don't know, because I'm the main fucking man. 
See, no, Lobo would like that too much. Is that too much? It's it's too much to. Uh, you know, to, you know the funny threat. thing is when I when I first found out about Nerdino, I said to myself, I'm gonna do it in Lobo voice, but I'm going to do it with a Spanish accent, because <laughs> that, like I said before, Lobo to me is Danny Trejo. <laughs> And again, the, how can I reach the, this gazy face? <laughs> we keep doing this. Man, I love the festival atmosphere of those. Yeah, like, this people is, just walk up and like start jumping into phenomenal. the conversation. So we've been here, uh, what, like three hours now? Yeah, and no. we've been talking to people. We've been engaging. Uh, we've had a couple of uh, nerd fights, but the main man looks forward to nerd fight. <laughs> How's the, how's the main man doing on your fight? The main man's voice is a little hoarse right yeah. now. You're, you're not going to make it. <laughs> That's all right. I got coffee. All right. So I'll interview Lobo. Why not? Lobo, tell me, what's your favorite booth so far? What's my what? Favorite booth. Uh, you know, I got to say, I have a couple. I, I can't let it narrow it down to just one. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> doesn't make sense to me. I didn't realize Lobo was such a politician. The... The guy who wrote, who helped co-create Deadpool. Fabian, uh, help me out with the pronunciation. Fabian, <laughs> you need me to, Niceros. Yeah, there you go, Niceros. Right? Okay. Niciesa. Ah, there Niciesa. Fabian Niciesa, uh, that's definitely one of the booths that I've been hanging around a lot. Yes. Um, <laughs> Sinvan Quinzel's booth. Sinvan Quinzel, Starlust, uh, Cosplay. That's another booth that I was hanging around. Yep. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot to see here at Nerd Tino 2018. The uh, Mio Comics, I like that. Dumio Comics? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chrissy Torres was nice enough to talk with us for a minute. Chrissy Torres, yes, definitely. She was all over the main man. All right, now, is this Lobo or is this Macho Man Randy Savage at this point? I think if we're realistic, Macho Man Randy Savage was copying the main man. <laughs> Can you do me a favor and say the lovely Miss Elizabeth? What? Can you do me a favor and say the lovely Miss Elizabeth? The lovely Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Go Slim Jim now. <laughs> All right. So, if you're if you're um, if you haven't had an opportunity to come down to Nerdino, you uh, you're missing a once in a year opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Don't I wanted to say it. once in a lifetime, but yeah, no, they're going to be back. It looks this is like year two, and um, from what we can tell, there's definitely going to be a year three. That was a very bold statement. Not really, because everybody around here is having such a great time. I just, it's awesome. Yeah, all right, so I'm not going to make it. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I Nick was waiting for me to break. Uh, okay, so, well, thank, yeah, no, thanks no, no, for I joining think, us. I We're going to go now. <laughs> I think definitely uh, there's going to be a year three. Uh, some of the panels have been really cool. Um, there was a panel on diversity. Um, mm -hmm. The Kid Rocks comic book booth. They were really cool, and I really oh, yeah. uh, appreciate their message. Yeah, the um, student, the students. No, 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 that's oh. the student one. Uh, I'm talking about the one where they're um, trying to push for um, gay, lesbian, queer yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Trans characters in comic books, and um, they. One of the things I really appreciated about their booth was um, they 
they're not young adult, but they're young adult appropriate is, is the way they said it. Yeah. And um, which is good because nobody's pandering at that point. No, and not, no, and and I think they're right that there needs to be more, you know, more representation in that field. And what I love about what they did was they realized that the main comic book writers, which would be Marvel, DC, Image, they're not doing a good enough job. So they said, fuck it, we're going to do it ourselves. Which is great. Yeah. They filled a need. That is, uh... They saw a need. Yep. They saw a community that was in, in need. And they, they, they cater to it, which is a lot like what Nertino is doing. Yes. Nertino is, is trying to... Um, Fill a need, you know. Uh, when you talk about the fact that Latinos are the, the the largest minority in America and the largest rising minority in America, and they're also the most underrepresented in comic books in general. Or? In comic books, name name five Latino uh, comic book characters. Go ahead, I'll wait. So here's the funny one. I'm not going to remember her name. Um, was it was it the the girl who replaced? Um, yeah, exactly. That's my point. That's my point. Exactly. So, like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it to take away from the the successes that uh, the African Americans have had in comic books as of late, but um, you 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 have to take like, can you name five black comic book characters? Probably. Right. And you can't do that for Hispanics. You can't do that for Asian. You can't do that. You know. See, the thing the, the thing about representation is that you have to represent everyone. And Hispanics, Latinos, uh, Latinx, however you want to phrase it, uh, you know, we're not here to, to label anyone. Um, they are a rising uh, uh, community in the United States that is underrepresented. Yep. And I love that we can have like these conventions, right? Yeah. That are, are again, seeing that need for representation and having it. And but everybody's invited. Yeah. Oh everybody's yeah. Invited yeah. To have a party. Yeah. And, awesome. and, and which was hysterical to me was that he actually um, when when Thomas um, Delphi uh, put that together, like it was it was in the flyer. It was like you don't have to be you don't have to be Latino to like be at the convention. Which is uh, I don't know. Does that even need to be said? Do you have to put that in the ad? Uh, why not? Why not? Because you're trying to be inclusive. There is that main man himself right there. there he, he just walked by. He is, He's he busy. He is really <laughs> focused. Look at that laser focus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back. Absolutely. So me and Nick ran around Nertino Expo 2018. And again, we had a ball. Um, and rather than uh, let you listen to us uh continue to run around we just decided that it'd be better if we strung together a couple of the interviews and put that out as kind of our, our nerdtino coverage so again uh, i want to take a moment to thank everyone who participated in nerdtino expo 2018 um, if you weren't there you missed a hell of a con um, we want to thank uh, the people who put together Nerdtino Expo 2018 because they worked really hard and it really showed. Um, and I want to take a moment to just throw this out there uh, to everyone who partook in putting Nerdtino Expo 2018 together. Thank you. 
Uh, a lot of people talk about inclusion and creating safe spaces and um, their Tino Expo people came together and they made it happen. They didn't just talk about it. They did it. So uh, thank you for that. And uh, I hope you enjoy these interviews. All right. Because we definitely enjoyed uh, doing it. So we ran around Nerdtino all day and uh, we had a great time. Uh, however, we decided that it would probably be better to string all of our interviews together into one cohesive episode rather than just, you know, us going back and forth. Uh, it's more interesting that way. Um, I want to take a moment to thank everybody who participated in an interview. And uh, yeah, we, we had a ball. Um, Nertino Expo 2018, you missed it. Um, don't Don't fret. 2019 will be coming soon. So, yeah, thanks a lot and uh, hope you enjoy this. And if you enjoy this and you want us to go out to more cons and uh, continue to do this, then support the podcast. Uh, check us out, you know, wherever it is that you're checking us out on at the Garbled Podcast or on SoundCloud. What is going on, folks? This is Ramon from the Garbled Podcast, and today I have... I'm sorry, can you introduce yourself? Um, I feel like I have to shake something when I introduce <laughs> myself. It's really awkward. My name is Nico, uh, uh, Nico Vasillo, and I make a book called Kid Riot. Okay, and um, so we're, we're at Nertino, and uh, I was going around table to table, and I was really impressed with um, what you guys had to say because you saw a problem, um, and I'll let you explain that better because I, I know you're going to do a better job than I am, but you, you saw a problem and you immediately addressed it. And that impressed me because too often, you know, people see a lack of something in, in their media or in the world and they just kind of bitch and moan about it and do nothing. And so I, I have to com commend you for that because I was really impressed with that. Thank you. Uh, I grew up gay and Cuban, and growing up gay and Cuban, I did never see a superhero that looked like me. You know, you would get sort of like that general Latino superhero, like you would get like, you know, you had Sunspot, who represented all of South America, right. by being angry and violent and a lover who couldn't control his temper, and that just didn't fly for me. And I knew that I wanted to see a gay Cuban superhero, because that's who I am, and that's what I wanted. And the minute I put my pen to paper, my first thought was... Oh God damn it! If I feel this way, everybody must feel this way, and it would be no better of me to explicitly and exclusively represent myself. When I live, uh, I live right next to New Brunswick, New Jersey, mm -hmm. which has Rutgers University, a very diverse campus, and you know I, I live in an area that has like a trans community center. How could I not see trans people are in the world, and how could I not translate that into being a superhero? Mm -hmm. it, it just struck me as since 1963. Anybody can be a villain and anybody can be a victim, but it didn't seem like anybody could be a hero. It seemed like the only way to be a hero was to be a white billionaire and straight. And that didn't work for me anymore because I thought the world we live in. So I just, I knew when I wanted to make comics, I needed to find a team that believed in the same kind of inclusive and diverse world that I, I needed to see reflected in my comics. I have it in my real life. I needed to see that in my fiction. And when we all sat down, we said, all right, make a decision. Don't ask yourself why isn't the character, don't ask yourself why is the character black or why is the character Latino or gay. Ask yourself why are they straight and white? 
ask yourself why they are the default that doesn't exist in our world anymore. Mm -hmm. Start there, because if you can't make world, a comic that looks at the world around you, you really are just making fantasy. Right, right. And, and you know what, it, to me, is uh, remarkable about what you're doing is that oftentimes, um, you know, Marvel and DC, they're, they're out there and they're trying to, there was this whole big thing with the, the character on Supergirl being played by a trans actress. Mm -hmm. And they specifically, and it, it almost felt like when they put out that, that casting call that they were more looking for someone, just instead of looking for somebody who happens to be trans, they were like, no, it, it, it almost seemed like that was the main focus. And oftentimes that comes across as if they're pandering to the community. You know, like if that, that this is what we need to do to get more people to tune in as opposed to um, a more genuine approach, which, which is what you're talking about, where you're really trying to put yourself in the headspace of the character. Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing was early on, um, early on I said to myself, I don't know what it means to be a 39-year-old black man who grew up in the New York metropolitan area. I, I can only speak to what I know, and what I know isn't nearly enough to develop a character around. So we did the research and we, we, we spoke to sensitivity readers and beta readers and said, hey, help me craft Riot. Help me come up with Mark Raymond. What would have been his favorite record growing up? What would he have been influenced by? It's not enough to say this is the man he is. Who was the man he was growing up? Mm -hmm. And it just, it wasn't, I don't know, if you're going to do the research and take the time to figure out your characters, you can do the extra two minutes and find out a little bit about things not like you. And it just struck me, I just, I reached a point where it felt like, you know, I, I never wanted to pander, and pandering was a fear of mine. I, I really feared small world syndrome. That's mm -hmm. what I call it, when it seems just like you're throwing in multi multicultural inclusivity just to kind of make, have a quick hodgepodge. But I think what happens is when a writer then puts their money where their mouth is and says, no, no, my trans character is going to have real-life problems and struggles and stories and developments. And you know, I think something that's really interesting is in, through my research, I found out a lot of the trans community, a very strong percentage of the um, trans community that identify as women actually are lesbians. I just sort of assumed when I was beginning my research several years ago that, oh, it just, it's, you know, straight is the default, but I'm a gay man, why would I ever think that? Mm -hmm. And it was really important that we speak to other trans women and say, hey, we want to craft a character that represents not just, you know, your culture and your community, but the powerful, beautiful women you are. What should we know? How do we do this? What books should we read so we understand that, 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 the, the struggles in the community and how it all comes together to be the tapestry of who we are as a culture, you know, LGBTQ, I'm just the G, I'm just gay, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it's important to make sure that even if it's something that you know about, you do the research. It's too easy to get caught up in thinking you've got this down because you know someone. And you know, we all know a thousand people. It's important to make sure that you're representing the needs of a community, not just what you want to see get made. Now, how, how long is one of your comic books? Oh, uh, fun question. So we actually post online primarily uh, first. We post to kidriotcomics.com where our material is free. Uh, we post 16 to 18 pages a month. Um, it's a 10-page Riot Squad story. The team has expanded and gotten bigger, and now there's more of them, and it's the Riot Squad. And then there's a partner series, Capes and Boots, which is an all-women-of-color team running a news station uh, because everybody contributes to saving the day in their own way. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do additional pages here and there. So we run about 16 pages a month and about, I would say, every six months kind of collects a full story. Okay. So they run different lengths, but usually somewhere between 10 and 20 pages. So let me ask you a question. How do you communicate everything that you just said in 
16 pages. It's a lot of work. Uh, early on, I think the most confusing thing was early on that I couldn't figure out how to get it all out faster, right? Like, because like the first issue was all about establishing Kid and his best friend Ellie, and we really—it's going to sound so silly, but it was so important to us to pass the Blatchdale test right away. We wanted to say, "Women, you belong in comics. Women, you not belong in comics, but you belong here with us." Mm-hmm. And we well, the fact—I'm sorry—the no, fact that you even mentioned that test it oh, speaks to. The, the work that you're doing because I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've, I've talked to somebody and, and had to explain the test to them. Oh, absolutely. It was, it was no question. We have, we have two women of color discussing how competent they are at their jobs on the second page of our comic. It wasn't hard to figure out how to do it. It wasn't hard to figure out how that could organically happen in a book about, at that point, two Latinos having a conversation in a park about waiting for their life to start. It wasn't confusing to figure out how to put that in. And uh, early on, I did find it confusing and I found it kind of scary and uh, I would get feedback from people and they would be like, oh, I want to see this yet. Or where's the, we were on our fourth issue and our first five issues, the first 50 pages tell the first story. Mm-hmm. We were at like, page 40 and people were like, there aren't enough female team ups yet. And I was like, he, he's not even officially kid right yet. I need like five minutes. Please. <laughs> I can't do this. Um, and what I came to realize was people are just so ready to see themselves in comics. Mm-hmm. All I had to do is say, what am I looking for? That's all I had to do. I, I wanted to see a young gay man have a love scene with another man. So then in the first issue where we really had a chance to work with Riot Diva and, and get her out there and get her uh, in the, you know, back into action, back in the field, I wanted to show some romance. And there was a character, she has a, uh, an ongoing love story with a, another character now. And we just we made sure to do that right out the gate because I just said, what would I want to see for me? And that's not always exactly the right case. It's really important that when I'm saying, hey, you know, I'm working on this character, can you give me a little bit of feedback? This is what I'd want to see if it were me. What about you and the needs of your community? Uh, It wasn't until I was working on the comic for several months that people said to me, it's really intense that you wrote uh, a gay black man uh, knowing everything about black masculinity and, and gay black femininity and all of the complicated conversations there. And I was like, yeah, I didn't know any of that when I started writing it. And it was all my beta readers that were like, man, you're putting your toe in some crazy <laughs> stuff. And I was like, oh my God, what do I have to read? And I immediately just got on it. And, you know, we've never shied away from who our characters are because someone out there needs to read it. Mm-hmm. Someone out there feels underrepresented and doesn't feel like they belong in a super suit. And yeah, you do. Being a straight white billionaire doesn't make you a superhero. It just makes you privileged. But superheroes are the people that don't care about the privilege and work for it anyway. So, so um, how do people get in, uh, a hold of your comics? Or? Oh, sure. You guys can check them out at kidriotcomics.com. We have uh, 400 pages for sale. We have 600 pages online. We have uh, prints, buttons. We have all sorts of stuff. And I think we do a Comic-Con every other weekend at this point. Oh, wow. Uh, we just got out of New York Comic-Con, which was amazing. It was such a great time, as always. We were hosted on the show floor by the amazing LGBTHQ. Uh, co-founder of LGBTHQ, Jay Justice, is here this weekend. She's been an extraordinary force in helping us make sure Kid Riot is not just on message, but is the book we dream of it being. Uh, she's a brilliant editor and an incredible advocate for social change. So having someone like her in our pocket, and um, not in our pocket, like in our corner, mm-hmm. right? Having somebody like that, someone like that just 
influencing us and helping us see the best way to approach this stuff. She's been a humongous help. Uh, so LGBTHQ helps us get our word out there, even shows we're not at. They actually have Kid Riot merchandise at the table available. Uh, but mostly we do the legwork. It's a lot of grassroots and social networking and uh, trying to stand out a little bit. Uh, we do holiday cards. So right now we have um, Valen we have Halloween cards mm -hmm. at our table, like old school kitty Valentines. Nice. But Halloween cards, just uh, because we like we know what it's like to want to be part of like the Scholastic Book Club growing up and mm -hmm. like wanting the little pins and the, just little ways to set yourself apart and say, hey, come play with us. We want you guys to you know we want to stick in your minds and stick in your memories. So it's all pretty grassroots. And that's how we get it out there, word of mouth and our website. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you Thank for you, taking man. the time to do this. Absolutely, man. It's my dream and my uh, pleasure. I was raised on Comic Cons. My dad's been reading comics since the 70s, and uh, I grew up, I, I mean, I make the same joke every time, but I remember being like eight, tripping over like Denny O'Neill's backpack, trying to get through this little <laughs> church basement in Brooklyn so that my dad can get his hands on the issue of X-Men Classic that he didn't have. So like, I grew up on Comic Cons mm. and just getting the opportunity to be on the other side of it. Getting an opportunity to learn from the incredibleness of the fandom and so many people that are so different than me and have so many amazing things to teach me. It's just been like, it's been fascinating. It's, it's really been amazing. So this is all I've ever wanted to do. And it's great getting to do it. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thanks again. Absolutely, man. Thank you. No, no problem. All right. And uh, you can listen to this interview on garblepodcast.com or on SoundCloud. Um, we're going to stitch all of these together. So more to come. All right. What's going on, folks? I am live. Well, not live. This is recorded. But... I'm here with Sin Von Quinzel. Yes, you are a like big deal. I don't know if you knew that. I don't think so. <laughs> I'll be totally honest. You don't think that you're a big deal? No. Why is that? There are much bigger deals and maybe I'm comparing numbers, but yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, um, 21,000 followers on Instagram is pretty big deal. I mean, I'm struggling to get over a hundred, so. <laughs> it's, it was a struggle to get where I am and I feel like it's still an uphill battle trying to get recognized in that way. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate all 21,000. <laughs> it's a good, very long time to get to that number and the fact that any of those people chose to stay is, that's the big deal to me, not okay. so much me. Okay, so what, um, <laughs> What got you into cosplay? Like, what was, because, I mean, you, I've looked at all, I would like to think all, but, uh, like, because I was just at your table and I saw the, the um, Red Lantern. I had never seen that one before and that was really awesome, by the way. Thank but you. But what got you into cosplay and, and, and wanting to do that? Um, I've been going to conventions since I was 15, 14, okay. 15 years old. And I would see people walk around in costumes. And little by little over the years uh, between going to New York Comic Con every year and just scrolling through the internet, mm -hmm. you end up finding more people in costumes and like really cool things. So when I turned 18, I figured mom can't tell me what I can and can't wear. I'm going to start making costumes. And I was going through a terrible depression at the time. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't working, so I just sat at home for hours and taught myself how to sew. And just... And you hand make all of your costumes, right? I do. Okay. Unless it's like otherwise said. Um, 
a couple of times I've had friends of mine build props. Mm. Like um, my Samus gun is built by one of my friends, Tony. Um, my whole Velma costume is like bought on Amazon. But I try to make it really clear when things aren't made by me, mm -hmm. especially if they're made by someone else, because I just want people to see their work. But majority, like... <laughs> so you made this, the, the, um, the 2099 Spider-Man that you're wearing now? Yeah. How long did this take you? I started it Tuesday. Whoa, what? I it yesterday. It's Saturday. You started on Tuesday? I did. My, I had... I had the red fabric in my house and I had the foam in my house, but the blue fabric I didn't have. Um, I had my roommate go pick it up on his way home from work. I was like, give me two yards. And he, I started patterning out and I made the pattern and I cut out the pieces and sewed everything together. <laughs> wow. And I'm... each of the red pieces is sewn to the foam first and then the foam is sewn to the suit. Wow. Okay. I'm even more <laughs> impressed than I was to start. Like, that's crazy. It, I work with spandex a lot. I've become so proficient in it. I was making wrestling gear at one time for people. Okay. So like spandex is, it's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know, I already have patterns for cat suits that fit me. So it's not like I'm like trying to make a pattern for myself. It's just making, modifying it to look how I want this suit to look. Um, it's just years of doing kind of the same thing over and over. Yeah, well, no, I, I get it. Cause <laughs> like when you're, I mean, it doesn't seem like anything much to you because like you said, you're really good at it. And, but to someone who's never who, who's, done yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Like the fact that you threw this together in less than a week is, is insane to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad that this was a, smaller project because i've done bigger projects in less than a week and i'm they don't look as good <laughs> yeah oh uh well you know um so i was working on my cosplay and i was joking because i like you can't see because i'm wearing these gloves but i have this huge gash in my hand from trying to cut plastic with a razor and it's like uh whenever you're for me i don't know how it is for you but whenever I'm working on a cosplay, if I don't bleed or burn myself or something, then I don't feel like I'm doing it right. That's me with bigger builds, I'll say. Like okay. something like this, no, because the last thing I want is an injury for every small <laughs> costume I make. But um, I actually have a burn, you can't see it because it doesn't have the opening. I have a burn in a reverse seven on this finger now. I got it in February, because I was at KatsuCon and I was gluing the tiny foam claws to my fault my, my paws mm -hmm. for felicia okay and it's three o'clock in the morning and there's a room of like six or seven of us everybody's sleeping i'm in the bathroom i'm quiet you know just finishing like last minute things and i'm just gluing this last things i have to do and i'm gluing the tiny claws to the paws and i'm standing there and i have this like industrial hot glue so it gets hot mm -hmm. and I glue around and I go to put it on the paw and it's falling and I can see the fall in slow motion. And I'm thinking if I try to catch it, this is more sensitive, right? This side of my hand is more sensitive and it's going to hurt a lot and I don't want to injure my hand. So I just kept it like this and it fell. 
And I had the most delayed reaction because I thought in my head for a second, oh, it's not that bad. And I got like a third degree burn and I, wow. I wanted to scream. It was like stuck to my skin. And when I was peeling it off, my skin came with it. It was terrible. And it's three o'clock in the morning and there are six other people in this room and I cannot scream. And I'm just in the bathroom like <laughs> the whole time. Wow. So I have plenty of injuries like that. I have another burn like on my thigh and a couple of cuts <laughs> from box cutters, <laughs> cutting something that should not be cut. Right. I'm just glad I've never gotten burned by my um, heat gun. Okay. That I'm very cautious of. Yeah. I'm, um, that scares me. Like uh, I burned, uh, I can't remember what I was doing, but I burned uh, my thumb and I've, like I said, I cut like, yeah, and like, I'm, I'm so, I'm just doing it now at this point. It's like, oh, oh, that's a new cut. And just, you know, you keep going. Mm -hmm. the, the little nicks, they don't bother me too much anymore. Like getting hot glue on like some of my fingertips. So it's like still pretty hot. Like it doesn't, I feel, I feel like I like lost my fingertips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but anywhere else it still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you pick out your cosplay? Like when you, when you're, because you go to a lot of cons. How do you, is there a process? Do you have like uh, uh, names on a board and you're throwing darts at it? I kind or? of have names on a board. Okay. Um, I do have names on a board. I have folders in my phone. And it's just of things that I've ever seen or like characters that I love. And I'm like, if I ever do a version, this is the one I do. Mm -hmm. um, so for this convention, I honestly had no idea what I was gonna do. And I was trying to figure it out and I'm like, do I just wear a costume I have? Do I finish something I've already started? I just couldn't figure it out. And I pulled out the board and me and my friend are sitting there and we're looking at the board and nothing on the board made sense to me. And then I was like, I started throwing out a couple ideas from things I had in my phone. And this is one of the designs I had in my phone and this is my, favorite spider-man version okay period um my doc ock is inspired by the 2099 doc ock and this is the 2099 spider-man in which she fights so he's been on the list for a very long time i had like six photos three of them being like one of the statues that had come out um and i was like i really want to make that and he was just like are you gonna get that done and i'm like i don't know i've never <laughs> made a mask before and I was like, screw it. I think on Monday I decided. And I was like, this is a Latin-based com. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to do somebody who was Maybe Latin. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm Latin. He's Are Latin. No, I'm Puerto Rican. I, I, I know that. I'm Boricua, <laughs> <laughs> like, too. So, like. so it was just this quickly became an obvious choice so is that why you so that's why you went with this one because it was a hispanic character it's a hispanic character it's a hispanic con and i th this is i've always wanted to do it mm -hmm. if i was gonna do it why not now right it's like i can make it and i knew that i've been looking to do things that are a bit more challenging or like something new to learn and i was like i've never made a mask i can learn how to make a mask so I was like, this is the perfect choice. When you, that's how I chose this. When you're thinking about um, the character that you want to play and, and you're, um, is there, 
like do you have a list of like hispanic like because i i do this uh, um i have a list of characters that i can like most realistically pull off like and i'm wondering is, is that the same for you like are you is there is there like Honestly, okay these are characters that i have yeah. to do or Honestly, or nothing's no. off limits for you nothing's off limits okay for me it's just if i enjoy the character and if i if there's a there's some characters that either I enjoy and I just haven't found a version that I wanted to do. And so they're not on the list. But if I found a version that I'm like very interested in doing, then they go on the list. So it has nothing to do with race or even gender. Um, I think the only thing I separate is if I need body paint or not. Because <laughs> body paint is hell. And I feel like that list of body paint characters is long. Mm -hmm. And there's only like two or three checked off because I just, I don't feel like going through that hell. But the rest of it, honestly, it, at first I was thinking about it. Like when I first started cosplaying, mm -hmm. it was like, oh, I can't cosplay her. And I, and even got to like that costumes, I don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. and not comfortable that. Like, oh, I just, you know, not, it's not my thing. It was like, I really like that version, but I feel like I couldn't pull it off. Right. Or, you know, people are going to judge me or whatever the case may be, or, you know, I'm not skinny enough. Mm -hmm. And for a while in the beginning, that was a thought. And now I've, it's still there sometimes, but I've branched out more and I've, even though it's a sexier cosplay, if I want to do it, I'm going to do it. It has nothing to do with anybody else's opinion or what they want or don't want. It's just if I wanted to do it. And Vampirella was one of those. Mm -hmm. And I did a version of her and people were happy. And it was weird because she's someone I never thought I'd cosplay. Really? Yeah, she, it was because I'm like, I'm big chested. How is this going to stay? And if it does, is it going to look right? Plus, like, it's like little things like, oh, if this doesn't look a certain way, I'm not going to like the way it looks. Mm. And if it's too high waisted and this is too low and there's boob. And I, for a while, it was just bad. And when I made it, when I finally made the costume, I wasn't really thinking about it. And I never even thought I'd wear it for a photo shoot. I was just doing it to do it. And then I did, like, there's like three photos of it. It's one of your more popular costumes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was one of those that like it actually people enjoyed it. And when I first made a post about it, mm -hmm. especially on Facebook, I feel like Instagram I'm a little more free. But there's there's a number of family members and people I grew up with on the Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So I made like this massive post attached to the photograph. And it was like, I know that there's a lot of people who aren't going to like this. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of the people who aren't going to like it are people that I know personally. And I included my mother in the post because I knew as soon as she saw that, she was going to feel some type of way. And then I explained why I did it. And I explained why I chose to put the costume on and why I chose to shoot it and why I actually fell in love with the photograph. I think that the photographer who did it is so talented and he managed to make me look at that photograph and feel confident about myself when looking at it. It was a huge post and 
people were so supportive towards it and even my mother shared it which is very surprising mm -hmm. and she was like she simply explained like i don't like everything she does and i don't exactly approve of this outfit but she's happy so i'm happy so um just to share with you uh, so you first came on my radar about um three or four years ago and there was this uh picture of you where you were like uh like a posed picture and then it was a relaxed picture you know, what, <laughs> yes, I'm, you, you yes. know what i'm talking about and and that's that was the first picture i saw of you and i was like i it was fucking awesome because like you know like there's always that that especially when you're i don't know what it is about today where it's like everything is so social media and you you want everything to be like just perfect but the fact that you were like and i, I guess that was a movement that was going on at the time that you were a part of i yeah i had saw a couple of people post about it mm -hmm. and i thought it was like i saw their post and i was like yeah mm -hmm. like it made me feel a little better and it was it was interesting because a lot of the the two people i had saw post before weren't even plus size people they were like workout people right and it's like you know the abs and like the pose and then it's just them relaxed and i made that post and i feel like with posts like that i tend to overthink them um not overthink the post or what i'm gonna say but as you can see i don't post like that too much mm -hmm. I kind of overthink, like, for the people who already follow me, are they really following me for this? Like, do they really want to hear me rant about something that I don't know if these people care about it? Right. Well, but to, I can, I'll, I'll try to answer that for, if I can. I, I, I feel like those are the more interesting posts. Because I, I look at your pictures and they're great. But for me, it's, it's just because you call yourself a body positive body positivity model yeah. and i think it's important for people to, to to see that you know what i mean like you don't have to be the the barbie doll cut out to be attractive yeah. you know and i, I don't know I, I just wanted to ask you about that um the, <laughs> the picture is taken the two pictures are taken literally seconds apart mm -hmm. And it's me standing with a timer in my mother's hallway. And it was just, I think I have like a sports bra and jeans on or something. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things where when I was taking the original pictures, it's taking like 15, 20 pictures of like basically the same pose, except I think one looks better than the other. And that's the one where like I'm posed and I'm this and I'm that. And I was thinking about the post that I had seen the day or two before. And then I took the relaxed photo and I was just like, I don't look that bad. Mm -hmm. I'm like, obviously this is what my family sees every day. This is what my friends see every day, my roommates and shit like that. And I was like, if they can, I walk around my house like nothing. So like they see all the time and they don't give, they don't really care. So I was like, let me just talk about it. Mm -hmm. Let me talk about the post that I saw and why I felt like sharing this. And it was cool to see the response between like Instagram and Facebook and just 
people like, yeah, we don't mind you either way. Like, <laughs> and it's nice to hear that someone found me through that because again, I think too much about those posts. Mm -hmm. So to think that that's how you found me and continued to stay because of that honest post, it honestly means a lot. So thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you. Because like I said, it was, it was just nice to see, you know, my mom, my mom's, Spanish and you know she used to be really thin and she had me and you know but to that I, I it's too often to focus on the other and I and and like I really dug that and that's why I, st I, I stuck around I guess and, and I don't know I'm kind of fanboying right now because you know <laughs> I don't think you're fanboying <laughs> um, so cosplay right um, do you have any thing that you would recommend to anybody who's like starting out in cosplay or because I mean you 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 make you've been doing this for what six years now yeah just about and and like you know I'm, I'm seeing your name more and more in, in the bigger cons now like uh, New York Comic Con and and whatnot I, I think the first time I met you was at Greater Philadelphia yeah Comic Con that was like, a couple of, not this year but last it was like two years ago yeah, yeah. and um, so is there anything that you would so for somebody who's like starting out in cosplay or or who wants to maybe do the Instagram cosplay thing? I think my first thing I always ask for anybody who's starting out cosplay, I'm just like, what's your favorite character? Because mm. I feel like the question is like, I don't know who to cosplay. And I'm like, what is your favorite character? And when they tell me, I'm just like, find a version or create a version or buy a version or whatever case of your favorite character. Because you have to start with something that you love. Because if you start with something because it's popular, or because of this, or because I look like it, or whatever the case may be, I feel like it doesn't mean as much. And you might not stay because you don't feel like it means as much. Uh, my first two costumes were done in the same weekend, and one of them was Harley Quinn, and she is my favorite, period, which is where I get like the last name from my stage name. And the other one was Catwoman. And the Harley Quinn was a bunch of pieces I threw together mm -hmm. to make it look like the a version of the nurse from Arkham Asylum. Okay. This was when that first game came out. Um, and it didn't look just like it at all, but people got it and I wore it and I was comfortable and I really enjoyed it. I didn't even wear a wig. Wow. I had red hair my curly pigtails and people still liked it and it was fun because i'm like running around the convention taking pictures with batman and all of them and the catwoman was a fully store-bought costume mm -hmm. and i fell in love with the amikami version of her and i saw it in stores and i was like i need this and i wore that and people liked that also and it's like you don't have to make your costume you don't have to just do what you want to do right i was gonna ask you are you one of those purists that you like no. everything has to be no. like you if you you know because there's oh no there yeah there's people it's like i'm sorry those are like store-bought costumes and get away from us no i can't do that when i'm a person who takes commissions okay. you can't shit on a person who doesn't make their own costumes but still take their money that doesn't make any sense to me that, that I, there are there are people who do that and i'm like that 
<sighs> you literally make your living off of this. Yeah, yeah, it's like you can't shame people when you're taking their money. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's to me, it doesn't matter how you got your costume. My only thing, my only thing is, and, and like, because I've been cosplaying for a while, but it's just now that I'm I'm starting to maybe think about it seriously. Um, my only thing is if if you did store buy something or bought it off of someone, like that, you at least give that person credit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't say you made something you didn't make. Right, exactly. If someone made your costume, I've made costumes and everyone that I've made costumes for, I didn't tell them like, oh, you have to credit me when you post a photo. But especially, I guess, their first time making the post, it's like, my costume was made by this person. and They felt proud about it. And I'm glad that I could help them feel that way. And some of them will ask too, like, do you think I should start sewing my own costume, whatever the case may be? I'm like, you will only start sewing your own costumes if you want to. Mm. And honestly, if you want to start sewing your own costumes, I will send you all the recommendations to machines and to this and to that. Because, I don't know, I guess the, the idea is like, oh, but you're losing business. It's like, but somebody wants to learn something. Right. Like, they want to try something new. I'm not gonna prevent them from doing that because of a couple dollars like no if you want to try i want to see what you'd create mm -hmm. and i'd find there's a couple of people who have went to start creating their own things little by little and there's some people who tried it and they didn't like it they just aren't into the craftiness or you know the sitting at a machine for hours and there are two different types of people i happen to like it and some people don't but you should have that choice Okay. Mm. Um, do you want to tell everybody how to get a hold of you or? Um, so Instagram is at sin von, at sin underscore von underscore Quinzel. Uh, Facebook pages is the sin von Quinzel as the name. Um, you can find me on Twitter as that name also. And I think most social medias, if you just look up sin von Quinzel, if I'm there, I'll pop up. Okay. <laughs> All right, great. Thank you for doing this. This is awesome. No problem. <laughs> this is nice. I like it. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, and you can uh, listen to this on uh, SoundCloud or at garblepodcast.com, and uh, we'll be posting the video up on YouTube. So thank you. No problem. All right. What's going on, folks? Uh, I'm Ramon of the Garble Podcast, and I am here with... Zoraida Cordova. Yes. And what are you most famous for? <laughs> Same. Um, I'm most well known for the series, the Brooklyn Bruja series, yes. which is a young adult novel, um, or uh, three novels, um, about sisters who have powers, they're brujas, and uh, they basically like fuck shit up in Brooklyn anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the, um, like where did you draw from for, for this for series? The, for the series, um, basically I wanted to create uh, magic that didn't exist before, but it's based on Latinidad, like Latinos. Um, I really wanted it to be an homage to the shows that I grew up on, like Buffy and Angel and Charmed, um, and make them Latinas, mm -hmm. you know? And so the only thing that is really um, the most important part of the story is that their magic wouldn't exist if it didn't come from the Spanish colonization, like mm. slave, slavery, the indigenous people that make up Latin America. And so like how all of that would have shaped the magic 
that these girls in the year 2000, it's still 2012, like, it's still a good year. Okay. <laughs> you know? Uh, like, back in the Obama days. Back in the Obama days, it's still, like, it's still this time period. Mm-hmm. So, like, what does magic look like if we were to do it now? If, like, Charmed were, you know, three Latina sisters instead of, like, three girls who practice, like, Celtic magic. And right. I love that stuff. Like, I love Greek mythology. I love, like... Um, all of those shows, but at the same time, there's no room for people of color mm-hmm. in those shows, really, I think. Um, and so now, it, that was just my attempt to, to create it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like if you are a writer and you don't see yourself on the shelf, you just have to write that story. I, You know what? You're like the fourth person I've talked to today who has taken that approach to things, mm-hmm. and I love it. Yeah. I love it because um, too often, I think, people don't see themselves in things and they just they complain and they write it off Mm -hmm. but like you actually bothered to do something about it yeah and I think that I I'm it helps that I'm surrounded by other creative people from different backgrounds um all kinds of backgrounds who have the same issue so um other marginalized authors not just by race but by like identity um or gender or you know it's you sort of get tired and so Mm -hmm. You have to make room for these spaces, and if the people don't want to make room for you, you just like do it anyway. <laughs> Is that, has, so that's been your approach. Yeah, just like write it, and somebody will, somebody will come and enjoy it, and somebody will connect with it. And I've been very fortunate that I have had people connect with the stories. Mm-hmm. Now, when you first started off, were you? How did you? Go about like getting your book into people's hands. Did you go through? I have a publisher, and so my publisher does the legwork mm-hmm. for the most part. Well, they don't do the legwork. They do the, um, I do the legwork. Um, <laughs> here, uh, and I go places. Mm-hmm. But I send myself on tour, um, and it's an investment for me. Um, but what they do is they provide the editing process. Uh, they provide the copy edits because, like, grammar, what is it? Right. <laughs> And they, they do the layouts for the, the manuscript. They send it out to reviewers. They can position it in places that I wouldn't be able to do it myself if I were to self-publish it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can send it to like the New York Times and places like that. Um, and they can also allow me to go to book festivals and conventions where I can meet librarians because I, can't, I wouldn't be able to really get the distribution that I need so what a publisher does is they give you distribution. So even if you don't like the cover that they give you, the title that they pick, or, or they change, um, they still provide a service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you don't. What do you think about people who like go the Amazon route and they're, they're they self publish and they, um, you know, maybe go to Staples and they print mm-hmm. out a uh, hundred copies right. and. I think that's a very valid choice. I think it gives you autonomy and it gives you uh, the creative control that most traditionally published authors don't have. Like unless you're J.K. Rowling or Stephen King, then you you really can't control the face of your book um, or uh, anything but the writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's a self-publishing is very valid it's not looked down upon the way it was like maybe eight years ago um but i'm also tired of seeing people give self-publishing 
as like the only way that marginalized people can actually publish because I don't think that's true anymore. Okay. So it used to be that like a couple of years ago, if like a publisher didn't want to, you know, take a, on a piece by a person of color, um, the suggestion by many creative people would be like, oh, you should self-publish your book. But I'm like, but then we're taking away the responsibility that publishers have to diversify their lists because the argument is that if it were good enough, then it would be traditionally published. But that's also not true because of like systematic racism within the publishing industry. And so like so many doors are closed um, for authors, like specifically like black authors who are writing about magic instead of pain mm -hmm. or like Latinos who are writing about romances instead of immigration stories. Right. And so when you sort of like get outside of those spaces, it it's harder to publish uh, in the traditional space and you're sort of relegated to self-publishing and it shouldn't be that way. So like self-publishing is great, but we should also like try really hard to get traditionally published because like we also belong in those, in those places. Great. No, I love that you're holding their feet to the fire <laughs> on that. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you're writing, do you have a process that you follow? Like, and I, I know that some writers say to themselves, uh, um, I'm going to do like a thousand words a day and you have some people who, you know, I'm not going to, they, they, they sequester yeah. themselves away. And I do both. Um, sometimes I go away. Like I have, I like I have a family that is fortunate. Like my uncle has an apartment in Puerto Rico. So he'll like, let me go there for a month and I'll just be like, I'm just going to live in your apartment. Cause he doesn't, they don't live there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like the, I, I can sequester myself and like, to a private island, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, yeah, a tropical to, island. to a tropical <laughs> island. Um, and you know, that sounds really bougie, but it's like, like a little rinky apartment and, and I could just, I could just sit there and write, mm -hmm. but because I'm on deadline and because I have different projects, um, I can also sit at the table and write while an entire convention is happening around me. Did you do writing today? Yeah, I was just writing today. I had wow. to finish a chapter cause I'm, my deadline's on Monday. And so I still have like four chapters left to write and I can do that by tomorrow. It's just, uh, I have like I give myself a certain word count. So when I'm writing, my process is to outline the scene, and then that way it comes easier. I would, and that's that process has only been what I can do because I'm on deadline. If I were not on deadline, then I would take different approaches. I would write when I felt like it, or I would write when the story made sense, or I would write um, when I sequestered myself to like the Caribbean and like sat there <laughs> okay. um, and waited for like sort of inspiration to come but there is no really right way to write <laughs> okay so have you because um, I was listening I'm sorry I don't no, no, okay. if we have to go that's, um, but uh, have you have you ever written down like a large amount and just like uh, decided oh wow this is not good and just yeah. tossed it out and started over or uh, yes it's, I wrote a whole book and I know that it has to change like from the beginning. Wow, a whole book. Um, and, and that's fine because like it, if I look at it in five years and it's not the book that I wanted it to be, I'm going to regret it. And so it's like, there's no real race. You know, my publisher will get mad probably, but at the end of the day, if it's a better book, then. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to yeah, do this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, all right. And I guess that's it. Thank you. That's so cool. All right. What's going on, folks? Hi. How's it going? Uh, this is Ramon and Nick from the Garble Podcast, and we are here with Louis Stardust. 
Louis Stardust. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, um, th- so that's a cosplay. Yeah, that's my name. That's uh, kind of just the alias I've chosen to go by. Obviously, I don't think that's a, a real name, <laughs> right? It's not it like, could be. Your parents not, could be you don't babies. have to give us your government. That's yeah, fine. It's, it's, like, it's like McLovin, you know? <laughs> that, um, where it's like a stupid fairy tale name, but, you know, that's it. Okay. Yeah. So what, um, what got you into cosplay to begin with? Um, so I went to a convention in 2012. It was Wizard World Philly. I went with my mom because she really wanted to go like meet some Walking Dead people, and we were gonna just kind of you know take a little weekend trip. Mm-hmm. And um, when I got to the convention, I saw all these people in costumes, and I've heard of cosplay before very briefly on Tumblr, mm-hmm. but that was the first time I like really saw it in person and kind of was like enamored by it, and just from there took off. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What's uh what's your focus? Like what do you uh kind of prefer to play? Uh I think I'm one of those people that's like I'm a jack of all trades, which is very cheesy, but um, <laughs> I'm definitely a person who doesn't like to stick to one thing. I've never been mm-hmm. just like one thing. I'm very versatile in that way, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um so my favorite stuff to do is like I love doing horror costumes. Um, I do a lot of, you know, anime and video games and comics. Like I don't really stick to one genre. I just like to kind of go all over the place with my stuff. Um, I love to do group costumes of friends, and my boyfriend also does costumes, so we like to do a lot of like paired stuff and things Aww, like that. Yeah. That's cute. That's, no, no, that, no, that's great because yeah. like I, um, when you're with someone who's not into the same things oh, yeah. that you are, it becomes this huge strife. Yeah, and and you could definitely have things that you guys don't like. You like you have different interests. Sure. Um, but what I like about this common ground is we can create a lot of stuff together, which is really cool. Like, obviously, like, I don't know how to explain this well, but but just the ability to create things with somebody you actually care about is really cool and different as opposed to doing it by yourself. So that's really nice. Um, we actually, on our first date, went over to his house and he has this secret door that leads into a cosplay room. Wow. And I was like, this is the man for me. <laughs> settled. Bookcase, like, like you pull out the book? It's, it's actually a wall that you press down on. Yeah, and the other door now is going to be a, like a bookcase. So. Oh, man. Wow. That's pretty cool. That is... Yeah, yeah like, that's just yeah, another like, level. Yeah. Uh, he was like coming to my lair, and you were like, "This is amazing." Yeah, and it wasn't even like like a Bruce Wayne lair. It was just like here's a bunch of like three D printers and stuff. And I was like, "Yeah, that's like Jesus Christ. That's well, a, that's a hell of a pickup line." Yeah, right. <laughs> Come see it. my three D printer. Yeah, you're trying to pick up some ladies, guys. Just see my. 3D <laughs> that only works if you meet him at Comic Con. That's true. Yeah, yeah, very rarely somewhere else. Yeah. So, um, is there like a direction that you see your cosplay taking? Like, do you have projects that are coming up in the future? Oh yeah. I mean, um, I, I've done, okay. So I worked for a company called Suicide Girls before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I do modeling through them and through them, I actually worked for Sin City. Uh, two, that was like Comic-Con like 2014 or so. Mm-hmm. So I worked for Miramax, which was really cool. And then this year I did a Guardians of the Galaxy premiere in the city as Gamora, which is really cool. So, um, I saw, which I is saw uh, that. dead on yeah. Gamora, yeah. by Thank the way. Thank you so much. It yeah, it was really fun. And um, I had, did it for this like Zilla movie party event and had somebody come and do my makeup and I went to the theater and it was a really cool experience. Um, but because of cosplay, like I've got a lot of opportunities like that, which are really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been, you know, growing, growing. I mean, I've been featured on like MTV, The Chive, like, um, just Refinery 21, just like 
29 or whatever those kinds of websites. So a lot of things for media, which has been really good. For me personally, I just want to keep traveling. And um, being that I, I do conventions a lot, I'm able to like travel around the world and do different events, whether it's just for fun or as a host guest appearance thing, which is nice. Um, but I just want to keep making costumes and keep making cool stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Now, so when it comes to cosplay, I know there's like two or three schools of it, where you have some people that like, uh, I'm only going to cosplay characters that I can realistically pull off. Mm -hmm. Then you have some people who are like, no, I'm going to, it doesn't matter, you know, whether I'm skinny or whatever, yeah. I'm going to cosplay whatever character I want. Where do you so I think fall in that? Mentally, like sometimes I'll be like, oh man, that character, I should do that because I look like more like that body type and stuff. And that will be me talking to myself occasionally but most of the time I really don't care because like I'll cosplay Shrek which I've done <laughs> or I'll cosplay like Gambit and I'll gender bend characters which is like when you obviously take a character and you gender swap it mm -hmm. um, so I do a lot of stuff like that I do a lot of like not very sexy stuff for somebody who is an adult model you know what I mean um, kind of just all over the place I'll do like whatever you know what I mean that I feel comfortable with or that I feel passionate about mm -hmm. so I I don't think every costume has to be a perfect match to the model or right. the replica, you know what I mean? So for me, I'm okay with that. I love seeing people who do that. I think that's awesome. I think, you know, everybody cosplays their way, and this is just kind of mine. Okay. I uh, I did John Constantine. Yes, I saw. You saw. I saw for two <laughs> seconds, and I saw your wig flew. Yeah, because yeah. it was too hot. So <laughs> what... I, I'm now I've now exhausted the oh, yeah. the characters I look like in any remote way at yeah. all. Unless you can think of one, because I'm at it. I'm at we have like this sick like newsies hat on, so maybe you I could do. you could do like one of those or um, I don't know newsies. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that before we got here, I was like, oh, Nick's got this hat game that like because I can't pull off a hat like that clearly. Mm -hmm. I just don't have the head for it or the face for it or anything, mm -hmm. but like, yeah, okay, that's just, great. Just wait for male pattern baldness, you'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, wow, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, so how can, how yeah, can, how can everyone people find, find you? you? Yeah. Oh, um, so lewisstardust.com, super simple. It's my website. It's just like a standard thing for me to put my portfolio on. Sometimes um, I put like blogs on there and our merchandise. And then if you go on there, all my social media is linked. So I have Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, you have a Twitch? Yeah, yeah I'm on wow. Twitch. Yeah, I don't do it as often as I'd like to. I'm also on Patreon, uh, Twitter, literally Instagram, like probably every social media platform. Every every corner of the internet. Yeah, and it's all right She's on got there. a grinder. She's got... <laughs> no, no, not that corner of the She's internet. Like my space. I'm in the holy uh, part of the internet, not, okay. the, not the weird holy. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I caught your double meaning. I know, I was like, it. let me just do that real fast, like the Jesus part of the internet. safe. <laughs> oh, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I, I just make bad jokes. No, no, it's cool. no. I love that. Uh, um, okay, so um, where can people see you next? Like, what's the next big con or? I have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah, right now we're, we have to check with our people. Yeah. Um, so my boyfriend does. Like I, I mentioned, he's an artsy person. He does tattoos. Mm -hmm. um, so he does a lot of tattoo conventions around the U.S. And then I do a lot of comic and cosplay events and stuff like that. Um, so it's just whatever comes up next. I know we have a show in February here 
um, in Philadelphia, and that's the Philly uh, oh, the tattoo, tattoo convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we do that every year, but as far as comics and cosplay stuff go, I have no idea. Um, we try to book every like three to six months, so I'm just trying to get stuff in for the new year now. But okay. uh, you can actually check my events page on my website, and I update that pretty frequently. With now, since you mentioned the whole tattoo thing, I cu- I couldn't help but notice yes. uh, that you have quite a number of tattoos. I do, but they're all like hidden right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, don't yeah. worry about it. But how, how many tattoos do you have? Oh, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would Respect. guess somewhere around like 40 or so because I want to turn all my stuff into sleeves. So at that point, I just stop counting. Mm. Um, I actually do on my YouTube, I do like Tattoos Day videos. So I do like tons of tattoo content. I do like time lapse uh, videos of my boyfriend tattooing. I talk about my tattoos and like things to heal your tattoos and things all related to that on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done like sections of my body and talking about it, but I don't even, I think I try to count. And it's like somewhere in the 40s, maybe. Yeah, maybe I less. tell. So I don't know if you can see with the makeup on, oh, yeah, but yeah. I, I have two, is what I Yeah, tell that's people. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's just one and then you got this guy. Right. Yeah. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for doing yeah. this. Yeah, I know great. you were like packing up and no, we kind of no, grabbed it. No, I don't. I definitely second. don't mind. So thank you for having me. Um, you know, I'm. I'm excited to check out your podcast stuff. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Which is going to be really fun because I'm like really deep into podcasts right now so oh okay yeah. what's one of your favorite podcasts um, last podcast on the left oh, I like a, a lot of like murder stuff that sounds awful <laughs> no 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 no. Yeah. it's cool we, we can put you hit to because uh, you, you said earlier that you really like, like horror, horror podcasts yeah. so we just did a, a, a couple episodes back we just did with this uh, podcast called The Ghouls Next Door Ooh, that you should check out that's a great name yeah. yes See? yes it's phenomenal like I was literally like trying to think of like punny stuff and that's like that one's like I can't even it's pun for the whole family I know yeah. <laughs> no that was even better <laughs> there, there you go that's what you should call it pun for the whole family oh my god it, that's kind of a narrow show parameter yeah <laughs> yeah and people are gonna watch it and be like, it's not family friendly it's gonna be all over yeah. <laughs> well that's what that's the irony of yeah, it that's the wordplay the pun there you go I like that. <laughs> you heard it first, folks. That's it. All right. Thank Thanks you so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, folks. We just wanted to come on here and uh, bring this to a wrap. Yeah, as the lights are literally going out in Argentina. <laughs> at, at, uh, we're here at Taller Puerto Riqueño, and I wanted to take a moment and thank Thomas Delphi, Delphi, um, and the rest of the crew that put together Nerdtino, uh, it was probably one of the better conventions I've been to all year. Yeah, um, it's it's second year too, which is yeah, awesome. it's just, it just it's it's really it's really pulled off really well. Yeah, the staff was really super personable. They were just on on the ball. Um, they made the rounds. They made sure everyone was okay. Uh, the people that were here were really into the the overall message that I think. Um, Nertino was trying to put out and um, the one thing I really really loved about being here and and with the interviews that we were able to do I think people saw an issue or they saw a lack of something Mm -hmm. and they didn't sit by the fire and, and bitch and moan and complain they got up they got off their ass they did something about it they saw that there was a lack of Hispanic involvement in whether it was a comic book or whether it was you know stories and writing or or cosplay whatever the movie that uh 
was here. That uh, was the, yeah. The, the first Fuerza. Time. Yes, uh, that was um, that was excellent for a first step in making sure that representation is there. Which yeah. Is, which is commendable. It's really commendable, and and you know I don't think I even realized until you were just saying it that so so many people like will be negative when they see something that isn't correct, and here we have just groups of people like coming all together to do something positive and, and enjoyable and fun. Mm -hmm. So you know it's it, it, that was exciting as well. And yeah, that was yeah. probably my favorite part of the whole thing was just it was a really super positive atmosphere and everybody had a great time yeah and and um we got to you know we got to play nerd fight and we got yeah. to <laughs> we got our asses handed to us as always uh no, no surprise there but no. but it was fun it was a lot of fun and like i i I've been to the bigger cons and I've been to you know like the wizard worlds mm -hmm. and whatnot and they're not that's the thing that I was realizing is missing, is this. It's the, you know, like I sat there and had a conversation with somebody that I just met for like 25 minutes. Yep. And we, we, we just kept going. And yep. before we had realized it, it was like, oh my God, we've been talking for almost a half hour now. <laughs> I, I have to go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a hard stop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very important. Um, yeah, it was it was just a really fun time, and uh, I'm sure, obviously, uh, the third year will be equally as fun. And um, you know, with, uh, Nerdtino, if you just Google it, it'll come right up, and I'm sure they'll have the event planned out and ready to go. Probably soon, I, I imagine. Yeah, and and guess what? Uh, I wanna I wanna go on record as saying that you, we're gonna commit to coming to this one every year. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm down. Yeah. So uh, I hope you enjoy our coverage of Nerdtino and um, yeah, we're gonna keep bringing you awesome content and we're gonna try to get, get out there and, and, and engage people in conversation, which is our overall message. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I'm looking forward to it. This was a blast. I'm, a, I'm sorry, I'm spent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been here for like all day. So yeah. uh, this was great. So yeah, um, check us out. Like and share. Uh, garbledpodcast at gmail.com. Garbledpodcast.com. On SoundCloud. Uh, Garbledpod on Instagram. We have uh, a lot of stuff that's going to go up on the gram this week. So yeah, um, check us out and like and share and yeah, and check out the Instagram. We put put a bunch of pics on there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't so... in charge of that. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Have a great one. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Garbled Podcast. Please like and share on social media and check out garbledpodcast.com for future episodes, updates, and conversation.